In what has become a throwaway society where we readily throw away anything we no longer want, need, or are willing to fight for, is it still possible to follow the command of Christ, honor marriage? This week on Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake, we'll see what it takes to not only honor relationships such as marriage, but to help them thrive. Drake Hunter is senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, founder of the nonprofit Four Dimensional Living, as well as the author of three books, including Wonderfully Weird and the upcoming Wonderfully Weird Goodness. Now this week's edition of Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake Hunter. Welcome back to Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake. I'm John Waters, your host. Pastor Drake here with me. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. Always good to be with you, John. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> hey, it's a, a, a special weekend. Um, uh, this is Labor Day weekend. Yes. And uh, uh, one of those weekends that we look forward to, obviously, because it's a three-day weekend for most people. But uh, really, in, uh, in honoring work. Work. And labor. I don't know about you, John, but I do love work, not in the sense of that professional work, but really working with God and others so that we can truly, let's say, build the kingdom of God together. And I think most of us misunderstand work. Uh, yes, it's toil, but it's toil outside of the work, uh, excuse me, out of the will of God. And it is joy when you're in the delight of the Lord and you're in the midst of God's plan and his purpose. And it just becomes so much uh, joy that uh, you can't... You you just can't get enough of it but you got to do it in relationship because we got to understand that's that's how life works relationship and working with god and each other to really be impactful and fruitful and, and multiply that it's it's that simple well and we are to work at our faith as you alluded to work uh as james says you know show me your faith by your works what you're doing and how you're exactly relating right. with other people yeah and works implies action and of course belief plus action equals faith and so that's exactly right and once we understand and we can put that formula again in place i love that formula uh, then we're going to work in a way that is going to be truly fruitful or we can say effective uh, and impactful in in our faith and isn't that what the great commandment the great commission is all about well, thinking of that and, and working, uh, we our command, uh, wonderfully weird command of Christ this week, honor marriage or honor relationships, That's right. uh, that is something we are to work at, work at honoring and building relationships with God and with each other. Yeah, and that leads us to our topic, of course. When I think of relationship, I think of two L words, love and loyalty. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of going to be our topic today with God and others. And uh, we'll, we'll lean into uh, marriage in the sense of the most intimate uh, relationship we have with another human being, and that's, of course, man and wife becoming one. And so we're going to lean into that to, to truly understand what this command is about. And once we understand this command, then we're going to really, I believe, if we understand what it is, we'll seek after togetherness in the way that God designed it so that then we can be very very uh, effective, again, uh, impactful, but uh, let's say uh, we can be the light that people need to see in what relationship or true marriage looks like. Well, let me give folks uh, our scripture reference for this week. Uh, we will be in Matthew chapter 9, verses 5 and 6 to begin with. So as you're turning to Matthew 9, Drake, set us up with the question this week. Yeah, the question this week, I believe, is probably the, the most significant question 
in our series, okay. the Wonderfully Weird series. And here it is. What might change in your relationship, that is with your spouse or otherwise, if you loved people the way God loves you? Mm. That is significant when you think about that. And, of course, there's many reasons for that, but we know that it does line up with the most significant command, the Great Commandment. And so it is an, an important question this morning. So let's lean into it, and let's look at Matthew 9, 5 through 6, where this command resides in, in the gospel so that we can truly gain a, a better understanding of what it means. So Matthew 9, 5 through 6, reads this way. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So there are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. My goodness, let me say that again. Let no one separate because it is of God. And so now it's very important, John, up front to understand this. Anytime that we're reading about a human relationship, especially the most intimate between man and wife, it is an analogy of the relationship we have with God. And for some reason, just off the top of my head, I think of uh, the prophet Hosea here. Hosea uh, was a perfect example of kind of what that, uh, that reality that I just shared with, that relationship with God and others looks like, or excuse me, you and God looks like. Because we know this, Hosea, who did Hosea marry John? Gomer. Gomer, right? Not Gomer Pyle. <laughs> right. Gomer. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and probably a fitting name in how we understand right. it in English as well. But yeah, she was a Gomer, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. But he married Gomer. And it's very important to understand what that looks like in Hosea chapter 1 through 3, uh, so that we can understand uh, that relationship and how God must feel and even think when it comes to our relationship with him, because that relationship just parallels the relationship with Hosea and Gomer, parallels the relationship with God and Israel, or we can say the church today. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a interesting, uh, disturbing, and can I say sad story when you when you re- lean into it and see exactly. Uh, what Gomer did to Hosea and the love he displayed, his right, mercy, right. his grace, his persistence, and can we say his benevolence? Uh, he just he leaned into it and was committed and engaged at all costs, just just as God is with us. And that's what I was thinking: is God is faithful with us even when we are repeatedly unfaithful with Him? Yes, uh, as Gomer was with Hosea. Yeah, and we're going to talk about, you know, infidelity in, in other areas of cheating and what that looks like for the Christian. Because uh, when we stop and, and begin to reflect and just understand the situation that most of us are in, uh, our hearts should be break, uh, broken and we need to recommit and be uh, get reengaged back into the faith with God and others in the way that it's designed. Because as we know right now, and I'm speaking with the church because again, God, Israel, God, and the church, I'm speaking to now the individual who has a responsibility in this relationship to stop their their cheating ways, if you will, and to get back into 
relationship, first and foremost with God, and then in those partnerships and those relationships that we have throughout all of life. And when we understand that and our priorities are right, boy, we're going to line up some things and truly uh, create a movement in this generation that no other generation has ever seen before. So this command, honor marriage, obviously we look at it and, and we see the marriage part of it, but really it's about so much more than that. It's about every relationship you have. Yeah, and, and that's what this command is all about. The command, honor your marriage, is about all relationships. Now, John, you know this, but I don't know if the audience does. I always I break our relationships down into five different roles or relationships and, and responsibility towards that. Uh, those are personal relationship with God, uh, our partner with our spouse, uh, being a parent, we can say a leader, uh, our profession, if you will, our jobs, and being a proclaimer of life. Now, there's five. There are five Ps, and we won't go into that. But when we understand life in its priority, and those were mentioned in priority systematically so that we will understand that uh, what is our most significant uh, relationship, and, of course, that is that personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And then, of course, we move on to our, our most significant relationship with another human being, and that is our marriage, man and wife. Well, and really, as I'm thinking about it, Drake, I'm not sure that we can truly honor those relationships with other people if we're not honoring our relationship with God correctly. Yeah, I'm going to say it's impossible. But then again, is in our faith that all things are possible, and that's why we must readjust, if you will. That's the reason for the Bible, to readjust, to correct us so that we can get back on course and truly have that relationship in place properly with God, first and foremost, because when that is in place, everything falls into place. And the challenge is uh, most people don't realize this. Their highest priority commitment uh, is not God, uh, even though they might believe that. Their actions say everything and go against the faith. Yeah. Well, let's start with the great commandment here. Uh, uh, you were referencing earlier that, and uh, it's in Mark chapter 12. And so uh, read that for us, if you would, Drake. Well, Jesus replied, this is the most important. Now, he's, of course, going to be quoting or uh, linking to a passage in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6, where he says this, this is the most important command, if you will. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. And verse 31 says, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Now, one thing we need to adjust here, John, is I speak to many Christians and leaders, and they believe that these are the only two commands. Notice that Jesus said these are the most significant. They are not the only instructions or teachings or commands of Jesus. In fact, we can, we can go and look at the entire Bible and know that there are over 613 if you have studied uh, the Old Testament. And then, of course, as we teach, uh, the model we use is the wonderfully weird commands of Christ that we break it down to 49 commands. Mm -hmm. And then, but what Jesus is saying is, yes, those all exist, but in priority, these are the most significant. Now, in the, in the list of commands that we see 
in the Gospels, uh, love your love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and, and then your neighbor is command number 40 and 41. Let's follow Jesus's. Yes, they're 40 and 41, but that's not in in significance. That is in the epic story of Jesus's ministry right. here on earth. But then he says, this is number one, period. And if we don't understand this uh, with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, we will miss the mark every time and we will lack integrity in the faith. I've always thought of those as being the umbrella commandments that all the other commands fall under, uh, even the Ten Commandments, because if you look at the right. first four of the Ten Commandments, those are the love God ones, exactly and the right. other six are the love others. That's right. That's right. And of course, it all works together, doesn't it? When, once we uh, get in our helicopter, let's say, and we can have a, a, a helicopter view, if you will, uh, bird's eye view, of course, mm -hmm. then all of them work together and you're like, oh my goodness. And then when you get to that point and you're like, ah, I can see as Jesus all, because we know in Luke, uh, let's say 24, uh, 44, I believe, uh, Jesus said, hey, I only study the Hebrew scriptures. And when he's, he, he's referring and he's teaching and he's linking back to, uh, we can say the first five books of of Moses. And then, of course, he's using all the books to get us uh, back on track to get those commands in place again, uh, be it the Ten Commandments. And now we're talking about the 49 commands, but even the Ten Commandments, they all work together, but through God's design, not how we've uh, defined it as good or bad. And we have to be very intentional with that, because oftentimes what we're doing without realizing it is we're interpreting it based on our experience our, let's say, subjective wisdom, and it doesn't work. We've got to now turn around and work at it and, and get those pieces in place, get some sources that are going to be reliable, that you know are true, you can trust, and get that relationship going so that you can truly, truly uh, understand the purpose of God and then the meaning that truly sits not only for your little world, but for all the world to love. So take off the me glasses and put on the God glasses. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go back to a word you used earlier, Drake, and that is the word infidelity or cheating. Yes. Um, and really, that's... That's really the problem we're talking about here in all yeah. relationships. Yeah, we can say sin, too, in, in our vocabulary. But also we can say it's a need because many people are, are not even aware or even awake to this problem. It, and there's a huge gap in our understanding at this point because how many people in any of the relationships and we can go to the relationship with god with your spouse uh we'll say with church uh with with being that 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 citizen of the united united states the world or whatever uh we are uh we're knee deep in this in this uh symptom or problem and, and it is uh infidelity if you will but another word for that is cheating Mm -hmm. Now, I guess I'll take it a little personal here because, John, you and I, we, we're partners in relationship and we're developing and we're creating different relationships in our community. But how many people uh, in our congregation or membership uh, cheat on us mm -hmm. in the sense of the church? They say they're going to be com committed, but they're not engaged and uh, they let any interest or... Uh, feeling uh, it just takes them away and, and they're no longer committed and engaged in that simple relationship that they are commanded to have with the church and, and, and the membership 
of uh, the body of Christ. Uh, but they go to this church and that church. I was speaking to somebody the other day, and uh, in, in the, the example I was using, uh, when it comes to how our culture works today with church, is it's no different than me getting married, uh, you know, and, and having my home, but then I'm going to, uh, when, I, when I, for some reason I'm distracted or I go somewhere else, I'm going to go to the home down the street, and then I'm going to be committed and engaged in the moment there with them. And then I do that with several homes, and I don't understand uh, the the culture today, especially the church culture, where they're just going to all kinds of different churches. Can you imagine that when you take it personal and your spouse doing that to you? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the same with the church, and or you decide, oh yeah, I believe in this God, or I believe in that God, or I believe in this relationship. I believe it all works like the bumper sticker says. What's that? Uh, coexist bumper sticker. Listen, I, I understand this might uh, trigger some folks, but listen, we've got to resolve some things. We've got to understand the symptoms, and then we've got to go after it. We've got to work at filling in this gap so we can get back on track as a church, as the body of Christ, locally and being committed and truly engaged with that. Then we branch off ecumenically, let's put it that way, so that then we're connected with other people, and we have turned uh, around we've repented now as a culture so that we can get back on on track with that most significant relationship with God and of course those who are brothers and sisters in Christ yeah I uh, as you were saying that I thought of it uh uh, this way, we tend to have a Tinder faith. And Tinder, of course, being the dating app where you see something that looks good. <laughs> and so you swipe to one side or the other. Yes, I want to date that or no, I don't want it. Right. And we do that with church and we do that with Ooh. relationships oh, in goodness. general. Yeah. And let me give you the definition of let's make sure we're clear here. Uh, infidelity. Here it is. Definition is this. Infidelity is an action or a state of being unfaithful. Another word we can use here is, or de- to define it is unbelief. Your actions show that you don't believe what you say you are committed to. Mm. Wow, that's the definition. Other words for infidelity is disloyalty, faithlessness, sellout, backstabbing, two-faced. You got any words, John, to add to that? <laughs> Those are pretty tough ones already. <laughs> yes. And, but don't we have to see and face reality? That yes. that has to be part of our character. Because for the Christian, our reality is Jesus, and Jesus is our best friend, always. And if we can see and face reality, then we can work in a way that's going to bring good results. That then gives us the ability to embrace these problems. And can I say, uh, with the spirit of resolve, fill in the gaps or those potholes that get in our way and so that we can move forward and create that movement for God in our generation. I might be a little passionate about this one, John. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> Just like every week. <laughs> yeah, this one, you know, because it is. Uh, relationships, uh, they're key. So, and I guess maybe this is a good time to say this. Uh, our re- our reality is about relationships with God and others, not rules. Right. Can we go there, brother? Yes. Brother John, can we go? Amen. I know, I know you're <laughs> Brother John, right? Let's be John the Baptist today because, my goodness, uh, rules, uh, standards. Yes, God came to fulfill the law. Huh. 
So, right. but, but at the same time, we have to understand that that is not the purpose behind the law. That is to create standards and expectations so you can live your very best with God and others and make sure that yourself is falling into God's plan. Right. And right. so uh, we, we have to understand, understand. And those are some crucial words or harsh words, I should say. Hopefully, though, with care. Uh, not harsh, let me say straightforward. I hope that's mm -hmm. how it comes across today because we do care. We want uh, to be uh, straightforward with uh, the, the Word of God in our lessons so that we can be honest so that then uh, we are maybe causing a little hurt, John, but for the sake of service rather than for the sake of falling deeper into our consequences and our pains. Well, Drake, let's, uh, let's take a look at some of the things that we should be looking for in ourselves, not looking for in other people, but looking to ourselves and saying, am I the unfaithful one? Am I uh, cheating on God yes. and others? So what are some things that I can look at in myself? Yeah, I like the way you put it. Let's take the beam out of our own eye. Mm. <laughs> How's that? Uh, yeah, some of the things we can look at in any relationships, uh, whatever your relationship is, it could be work or wherever, but let's just focus on God and, and we can say our, our spouse at this point. One of them is inattention. That's a symptom, right? Uh, not paying attention, not giving a, enough uh, attention. Uh, and of course, another symptom of uh, this problem is you're indifferent. Mm -hmm. uh, you really don't care to gain an understanding. You're not working at it. You're not putting anything towards it. There's no movement. And you're indifferent. Uh, boy, you know, apathetic, I guess would be the word. Well, as Jesus said, I wish that you were either hot or cold, yeah, but that's you're exactly just right. tepid. You're... That definitely a symptom is that indifference. Then, of course, uh, another symptom is neglect. Or we can say uh, so, uh, you abandon your relationships. Now, that might not be physically, but mentally, emotionally, uh, and, you know, everything that is in the sense of choice and all that. You abandon. Your heart's not in it. And you become an abandoner. And we know this. That's an unsafe person. Because we're not to abandon love. We are to develop and grow it with that relationship with God and others. So. That and I think that's one of the biggest things we see with the consumer church anymore is that uh, as long as I'm getting something, I'm okay. But as soon as anything is expected of me, I abandon and go away. Oh, yeah. I'm very irresponsible in the faith of that. Mm -hmm. And then we can, you know, we can even say very critical. And we, then we become criticizers without permission. Mockers. Mockers, if you will. And then we're all angry. And <clears throat> rather than being wise people, what we do is run around all offended uh, all the time now think about your own marriage how often do you are, are you offended in your own marriage my goodness we are speaking to couples all the time john you just spoke to another couple yesterday and we we speak to them all the time it's like we've got to lean into this and figure out how to have proper relationship not only with god but also our spouses otherwise uh, when you close the door, we, we're, we're, we're not the smartest people, John, but we know this. Uh, if you're a mocker, you're closing the door, and it's got to be hell behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. And I hate that term. What happens uh, you know, behind closed doors, that's other people. That's our business. Well, no, it's God's business. And if you're not being honoring to your spouse, then you're not honoring God. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And so uh, we have to uh, under, not neglect, not abandon it. We've got to lean into it and truly uh, resolve this through divine wisdom rather than, can I say, man's conventional wisdom? Yeah, yeah. 
And then uh, one last one, and then we'll get into some things we can do, is uh, inconsistency in relationships. Oh, my goodness. People's track records. Uh, trying to get people who say, yeah, we're committed, we're engaged. Boy, how many people do we have throughout the month just come and they're so excited and then the newness and, and, and then also the, uh, the feeling goes away and then they interpret the whole world based on how they feel, their moods and their emotions, and they're gone. They're so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. You know, they commit to a project with us or they commit to... Uh, some type of ministry, and they're gone. We, we don't see them. It's like, what? Folks, we've got to figure this out and be the, the image of God that uh, truly reflects relationships properly. And one of them is being consistent. So one of the problems is inconsistency. Think about your own relationship with God and your spouse. How consistent are you? Are you truly consistent in developing and being equally yoked in that where you can truly become one and be that one flesh that you need to be so that you then uh, in that marriage, if you have children, can be a reflection of God's image to them and then to the world? And people like that um, then are ones who, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, are the ones who complain the most that God's not blessing me, God's not doing anything, you know. And it's like God says, show yourself to be uh, faithful in a little bit. I'll give you a lot, but you're not even showing that you're faithful a little bit. Yeah, and most are right there, and and then they get mad at God because they're not gaining more. Mm -hmm. Well. You've got to take care of the tree so you can produce some good fruit. <laughs> well, let's produce some fruit here, Drake, okay, here in go. our last few minutes. What are some things that our listeners can do to guard against what we're talking about today? Well, here's a surprise. I'm going to use the commands of Christ once again. <laughs> uh, here's some things you can do. First and foremost, apply command number two, uh, wonderfully weird command number two, be born again. Now, I'm not speaking ultimately, you're born again ultimately with that perspective, but I'm talking about every belief you have, you have to challenge. And if it's wrong, it's going against God's will, against his promises, it has to be rebirthed, if you will, Mm -hmm. from your belief to God's belief and allow that command to be uh, a continuum in your life and not just a one-time event. So be born again, believe in the relationships you have and be engaged based on on your faith number two wonderfully weird command number 25 hear god's voice and the only way to do that is to hear his goodness understand jesus's character and understand how the holy spirit's creativity works so that you then can hear his voice and know how to make an adjustment and we have to hear it both objectively through nature, through history, and through design, but more importantly, through the authority of the Word of God, uh, uh, the Bible, the voice. And if you're not in the Bible understanding it, how are you ever going to have a relationship with God outside of that? And, and be very careful because I say this, religious people have a relationship with their Bible, but spiritual people have a relationship with God, and they both work hand in hand, objective truth with subjective truth, and we get that together, and we have integrity in our faith. And one last one, here we go, wonderfully weird command number 40 and 41, love God, love yourself, and your neighbor. And once we understand uh, that that neighbor is that other human being outside of ourselves, first and foremost in priority, that's our spouse, and then, of course, our children, and then we just go on to the ends of the earth with all human beings. And so there you have it, three things 
uh, you can do with and all of them are the commands of Christ let's go back Drake and finish up with the question that you asked at the beginning now with all of that on the table let's look at that question one final time all right here it is what might change in your relationship with your spouse or or otherwise if you love them the way God loves you yeah honor marriage and all relationships well drake as always uh, i appreciate your heart and your passion and look forward to uh, joining uh, you again next week i say copy that we'll see you next week on wonderfully weird living with pastor drake if you would like to learn more or have any questions or comments please feel free to email pastor drake at wonderfully weird living at gmail.com To obtain your own copy of the book, Wonderfully Weird, please log on to www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com and click on the button that says, Buy the Book. Wonderfully Weird Living is a ministry of four-dimensional living, offering wholeness coaching for mind, body, soul, and spirit. Also, would you please prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner to help the Wonderfully Weird Living ministry impact more and more lives? Please log on to www.the4dimensionalliving.com. That's 4dimensionalliving.com with the number 4. Now, for Pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters wishing you a wonderfully weird week.